0: Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by Lakelink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com.
1: Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford huntworthgear.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, we'll talk bow hunting and new technology to keep you warm while hunting in cold weather with Huntworth Gear Pro Staffer Tracy Breen. Learn about the world-class trout fishing in Branson, Missouri, and field test a complete fly rod kit for beginners or experienced anglers. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. You can also find them online at pappastradingpost.com. You hear this feature every week at this time on WTSO The Big 1070, and also anytime at all on our podcast, which you can get on LakeLink, iHeart Radio, and other podcast platforms. Well, joining us once again from the Trading Post, well, been a while, but Randy Smith, the proprietor of the Trading Post. Randy, thanks for joining us.
2: Glad to be here.
1: You've been out west now while people have been struggling with the hot weather here. What were you up to?
3: We were in Wyoming chasing pronghorn.
1: Oh, okay. It's
3: quite the adventure because we were in an area that they call the Hyde Desert, and it was hot and dry and full of cactus out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's no fun. That stuff really can be nasty. Well, how did you do?
3: There was three of us that went, and we were actually using rifles, so it makes it a little bit easier than with a bow. We all three got one and had quite the adventure.
1: So talk about your adventure. What was exciting about it?
3: The exciting part for me was I'd never tried to stalk an animal using another animal decoy. We were sneaking up on the pronghorn using a cow decoy. And we were able to get in really close, close enough that the other two guys were able to make good shots and get their biggest antelope they've ever had.
1: Nice. Now, are these silhouettes, or are they decoys you actually get inside of?
3: It's a silhouette. It's actually, it's a Dakota decoy, oh, a
1: Montana sure. decoy. Sure, it's sure. It's called
3: the, Mon- yeah, the Montana decoy, and it, it's just a spring steel thing with cloth over it
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I've got some of their deer decoys. I've never tried stalking a deer with one, though. So how did the antelope react when you walked in on them as a cow?
3: When they first saw you, they were curious. They just stood there and looked at you. But as long as you didn't walk straight at them, they basically went back to feeding and just ignored you. I never would have expected them just to completely ignore the decoy like they did.
1: Yeah, well, they've seen plenty of cattle. They definitely
3: do that.
1: So they probably just assumed that you were what you looked like.
2: Like I said, it it was
1: crazy, and it worked. Uh, Native Americans would drape a buffalo hide or probably a pronghorn hide over their back, a deer hide, to sneak up on a particular animal. So, in a sense, you were doing something that uh, Native people have done for centuries probably. Would you recommend that to other hunters?
3: If you're doing it out there where there's wide open spaces, obviously... There's a really good chance of it working. If you're on public land, I would probably avoid using a a game animal for a decoy. It's just less apt to get shot. Yeah. It definitely does work.
1: Well, that's neat. Now, back here in Wisconsin, what are your clients hearing or your staff in the store hearing or seeing? Actually, they've been seeing quite
3: a bit of doe movement and stuff right now. We haven't had anybody bring any pictures of really big deer that they've shot. We've had a couple of guys shoot their first deer. And, which are some nice bucks, but we haven't seen any really big ones hit, hit the ground yet.
1: What advice have you got for people hunting this time of year?
3: Um, I mean, if you can pattern one, a, a, a good buck, now's is the time that you're going to do that. You're going to be able to get in on um, once the rut starts. Who knows where they're going to be from one day to the next.
1: Right. And are people hunting food plots now, alfalfa, orchards? What are they doing? yeah
3: they're trying to get stuff that they patterned earlier in the year usually that's going to be in either a food plot or you know an alfalfa
1: field or something like that now people say and i've seen this myself that bucks you might have been watching for the last few weeks of september or even august in bean fields and so on all of a sudden they're gone they're somewhere else have you seen that and if so what do you do
3: once the bean fields start turning yellow, they go somewhere else. Apparently they don't like the flavor of them or something once they turn, start turning yellow. Uh-huh. So you're going to either have to find a different food source. I know we've heard a lot of people talking about acorns have been falling like crazy. That would be a good place to look for them.
1: Is this a good acorn year, do you think?
3: We've heard a lot of guys talking about they've spent tons of acorns. And a few places where I've driven along the road where there's a big oak tree hanging over, they've spent a ton of acorns. So... It seems like it's a good year.
1: Okay. What about water holes? It's been dry now the last couple of weeks.
3: Uh, that's kind of a secret weapon. Um, the water holes, if it stays dry, they, they're, they're golden. And especially as it gets closer to the rut, the longer it can be dry, the better the water holes are going to be. Because, and once the bucks start chasing, they drink a lot. So, if you have a water hole that they're used to, they'll be
1: there a lot. Now, what if somebody hasn't set up a water hole? You can hunt over natural water, of course, ponds and I suppose creeks, right?
3: Yeah, you can. It just seems like the natural ones are more hit and miss because they're, they're usually bigger and it's harder to funnel them to a spot versus a man-made one.
1: Yeah, I suppose if you set up your own little stock tank water hole, you can pretty much figure how they're going to approach it can put
3: brush and stuff around it and force them to come to one particular spot.
1: Do you find that they hit water a particular time of day, or do they do it all day? Now, before the rut, we're talking, uh, in basically early and mid-October.
3: Early and mid-October, you're talking. They'll probably come to it in the morning and evening or after dark, not as much during the middle of the day.
1: Now, you told me before we started recording that last year people actually shot some really nice bucks in the middle of October.
3: That area around the 14th to 21st, there was a lot of really nice deer that were shot the last couple of
1: years. And what were those people doing? Anything specific, or is it just all over the board?
3: I think it was just all over the board: water holes, food plots, acorns.
1: Uh
3: huh. Just that the deer seemed like they were moving more in that particular
1: time. Okay. Well, now what about? equipment problems uh let's say guys have been out hunting maybe they got a shot maybe they saw there was something wrong with their bow or crossbow and they didn't have a shot is there a chance to get something repaired in a short time so you can keep hunting
3: we are definitely getting caught up there isn't as we don't have as big of a backlog that we've had so the best thing is if you notice something get it in here as soon as possible if it's something small we might be able to do it while you wait And if it's a bigger problem, the quicker you get it here, the sooner we can get parts ordered or get it on the schedule to get it taken care of.
1: Okay. And you make strings yourself right there, don't you?
3: We do make some. If it's something special that somebody needs that we can't get for a week or so, then we we can make them.
1: But this time of the year, being as busy as it is, we try not to do very many of them. Okay, but you have strings available already made up.
3: We do have a bunch of them already made up. Okay. Most of the brand or bow models that we stock have stocked in the past.
1: And what if somebody's looking for a new bow? Do you have some of those still?
3: We still have a few left, mostly right-handed. We've had a big run on lefties lately, so we're getting really low on those. But we do have some bows left. And if we needed to order one from Matthews right now, they're about 10 days to get one, so it's not horrible. So if you do need something before the rut, we still can get it.
1: Oh that's good. Anything else people should know before we let you go?
3: The best time to get out there hunting is whenever you can. Just improves your odds of getting something.
1: Absolutely. Now some people hunt the major activity periods. Uh, I know a lot of fishermen follow those. Do you pay any attention to that when you're deer hunting?
3: Absolutely. The deer live out there so they pay attention to it every day, so they it it affects them and you know, it, it will stack the odds in your favor following those. But if you can't get out there on a day that's supposed to be really good, even a slow day might be better than nothing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't shoot them sitting on your couch. <laughs>
3: that's right.
1: Well, before we let you go, store hours now?
3: 10 to 6 Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturday.
1: All right. Well, Randy, thanks so much for that report, and good luck when you get out there in the Wisconsin woods. Uh, now that you got your pronghorn, I imagine you're going to be looking for a whitetail. You bet. We'll talk to you or J.C. in a couple of weeks. That was Randy Smith from the Trading Post, and this was brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer, located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie & Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupie & Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie & Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit hupie.com. And by the way, all 11 offices of Huppie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. And the firm of Huppie and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in the Milwaukee area. Michael Huppie is the president of the Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he recently announced that he will pay a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit milwaukee or call 414-224-TIPS 414-224-TIPS well Jeff Kelm is in Oconto this week running the world walleye championship on the bay of green bay so I'm flying solo this time Jeff will be back with a full report on that tournament next week. But here's my report on my week in Branson. You know, last week I mentioned that I had traveled to Branson, Missouri for the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Annual Conference. We get together once a year at a great destination for craft improvement sessions and some outdoor fun as well. And believe me, Branson is the place to go for fun, both indoors and outdoors. You've heard of the music venues, of course, including Dolly Parton's Stampede Horse and Music Show, but there's also an amazing aquarium on the boardwalk, several theme and amusement parks, the Titanic Museum, and much more. Find details at explorebranson.com. Branson is a popular tourist town, of course, and folks come for the music and all that other entertainment, but for me, the fishing is the main draw. Lake Tanikomo has produced several Missouri State record brown trout, including the current record fish, and we'll hear more about that later in the show. So I fished twice on one day. Early one morning I fished with Josh Isaacs and his son Riley of Branson's Full Throttle Fishing Adventures and several other Aglow members, Paul Waite of Wisconsin, Brady Loudon from Bemidji, Minnesota, which is the host venue for next year's conference, and James Prophet from Ohio. Tani Como is a flowage on the White River so it's really more like river fishing. We ran several miles upstream from Branson and drifted tiny bubblegum colored Berkeley Power Worms under balsa floats and we caught maybe a dozen rainbow trout ranging from 12 to 17 inches. It was a lot of fun. It was basically like crappie fishing. Later that morning, James Prophet and I joined Eric Dodds of Wild Water Fly Fishing and Scott McIntoon, he's an outdoor writer and Minnesota DNR fish biologist. And we were also with Dina Vick of King Eider Communications and two young ladies who work for her, Lacey Joe Jumper and Christine Ostertag. Christine is from Wisconsin, by the way, and she's an avid angler and hunter, and she's been doing great on Canada Geese this season. Check her out on Facebook, Christine with a K. We got three rental boats from Lily's Trout Dock, and we followed the owner, Phil Lily, Upriver to what's known as the Trophy Trout Water. It's a couple miles below the Table Rock Lake Dam. By the time we got up there, it was probably 95 degrees out, but the water was cold, maybe 50 degrees, and the trout were active. I used one of Eric Dodd's wild water fly rods, and I caught several decent rainbows, including one that's about 16 inches long. And we released all those fish, of course. And then around one o'clock. The horn at Table Rock Dam blew to let everyone downstream know that they were starting to let water through the dam to generate electricity. The lake level came up pretty fast, so we got out of the water and ran back down to Lily's Landing. You can read all about my trip in the next issue of Wisconsin Outdoor News. I call the story, Tani Como Trout Two-Step. Well coming up, we'll talk with Eric Dodds about his high quality yet inexpensive fly fishing kits. Missouri fisheries biologist Shane Bush tells us why the trout fishing is so good in Branson. And we'll kick things off with Huntworth Pro Staffer Tracy Breen, who unveils Huntworth's new heat boost technology that keeps you warm without the bulk of traditional outerwear. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or CargoMax, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow Trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Get outside and let us be your guide. Florence County,
4: Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded
1: ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Have
5: more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus ice fishing bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery, all packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today.
1: Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews & Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com welcome
0: back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information outdoors radio with dan small
1: thanks for joining us on outdoors radio i'm dan small huntworth gear is high-tech camelware at a price you can afford it's available at blaine's farm and fleet stores and other stores around the state and through the upper midwest including the new store in grafton which has a grand opening october 20th through the 23rd you can also find huntworth gear on the web at huntworthgear.com and joining us to talk about a new product from huntworth is huntworth pro staffer tracy breen well tracy thanks for joining us and welcome back to the outdoors radio network
7: I mean, always a good time.
1: Well, it's been a while since we've talked on the air. and It has uh,
7: been a while, yeah. Time flies,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does. Now, Huntworth just launched a new product they call the material Heat Boost. Tell us about it.
7: At the core of it is a graphene material that there's a lot of science behind it, and it causes their clothing to be up to 30 percent warmer. You're gaining all that heat without the bulk. That is really the most amazing thing about it is you're getting extra heat without a lot of extra bulk in the clothing. And if you look at cold-weather clothing up until now, you know, they're using Permaloft and and different things to fill that garment to make it warmer, and as a result, that garment is often bulky. You know, you look like the Michelin Man. Well, with graphene technology, it traps your heat. It's basically using your body as a furnace and trapping that heat. Myself and many people who work with Huntworth were able to tested out for the last couple of years, and I like to say you, you really do have this aha moment when you slide your hand into the gloves, or you're putting the coat on, and within a few minutes you can feel that heat kind of radiating back to you.
1: Well, that's neat, and I'm glad that you and some others had a chance to feel test it. That's something Huntworth does with new products before they come out with them is they really run them through the uh, the testing with people who are in the field doing things that actually put them in, uh, in a situation where if they're going to fail, they would do it.
7: You've probably experienced it as well. I mean, we really pride ourselves on sending clothing out and saying, hey, you know, use this, beat it up, let us know what you think. If you see things that need to be changed, let us know. In this particular case, even though this clothing isn't designed for ice fishing, I go up into northern Michigan a lot, and I used it ice fishing when it was bitter or cold, you know, below zero, just to try to test it out. And that graphene, it really does trap your heat, and anyone in Wisconsin, you know, who's hunting late season will will definitely uh, feel it uh, the moment they put that garment
0: on.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it myself this year. Speaking of hunting, you hunt primarily from the ground, don't you? But you've had a lot of success with big game from the ground.
7: Yeah, so I have cerebral palsy, and you and I have talked about that before. And for many years, I climbed into tree stands. And as I've aged, not that I'm super old, 44, but, you know, it's getting harder to get into trees. And so over the years, I've kind of perfected hunting deer from the ground without a blind. And in today's world, being a mobile hunter, using a saddle and different things is becoming very popular. And really, the perfect mobile way of hunting whitetails is hunting from the ground. You don't have to bring a tree stand. I try to use natural cover. I rarely build a blind. I just use natural cover and I've been pretty successful doing it. And the truth is I started doing it out West and most Western hunters, they don't hunt from tree stands. And when I started hunting out West for elk and mule deer and things like that, I discovered, you know, there's this whole different way of bow hunting that most people in the Midwest never try because we're just, we have this tree stand idea ingrained in our head.
1: So what do you do? How do you sneak up on a deer, or do you stalk them? What do you do?
7: Well, no, I I really do try to hunt in a blind situation, but I'm using natural cover to be my blind, okay, whether that's a big bush or the big base of a tree. And really, I think the reason I'm able to pull it off, oftentimes I've been the most successful, just like in a tree stand, the first time I've hunted an area. So let's say you're hunting a scrape line, and You know, it's really hot. You can tell a buck's been going through there day in and day out. And there's a downed tree 20 yards away, and and it's still got leaves on it or something that really can help break up your outline, and I'll just climb in there. A story that I tell often is I was hunting whitetails in Maryland one time, and I was told to use this certain stand. I was hunting with some friends, and we are with an outfitter. And I went to the base of that tree, I looked up at that tree stand, and said, there's no way this crippled guy is getting in there. And so I... I decided I would hunt in some cattails literally 20 yards away from that stand, and I backed myself into those cattails. I had those cattails all the way around me, and I shot a buck that evening at four yards. Nice. The element of surprise, right? They're they're not suspecting you. They're not expecting to be hunted that way. I mean, deer just aren't hunted that way very often. And so if you can break up your human outline, the odds of success are pretty good.
1: Do you carry a lightweight chair or stool with you, or do you just uh, no, hunker? No, I've
7: actually, uh, sometimes, I mean, if it's a premeditated location that I've scouted in, in advance, I will have a stool that is super, super close to the ground. You mm-hmm. know, I have found if the majority of your body is hidden, and all a deer can see is the waist up, or excuse me, almost your shoulders up. They don't really pick out the human outline as easy. It's when they see, you know, half or three-quarters of your body, that's when they're, they're masters of picking you out. So I'm either on my knees and the majority of my body is hidden or you're only seeing, you know, chest up or whatever.
1: Uh-huh. So if we look for a natural hiding spot, which is what we used to do when we played hide-and-seek as kids, and tuck in there, and if the wind is right, we ought to have an opportunity at a deer if we're in a location where they're feeding or traveling.
7: I think wind is key. You know, I think that's one of the reasons tree stand hunting became so popular is you could get away with a marginal wind. You can't get away with a marginal wind when you're hunting from the ground. The wind does have to be perfect in order to pull it off when you're on the ground. I mean, it's just absolute must. The other thing I, I mentioned when I'm talking about this topic is uh, there's products out there. I don't work with them. This isn't a plug. That's called UV Killer, and it's a spray you can spray your clothes with to get away from the UV brighteners that are in a lot of hunting clothes a lot of hunting clothes will give off a slight glow because there's UV brighteners that the deer can see. I spray down all my clothes uh, in that UV brightener to reduce the odds of being busted.
1: And I would imagine the Huntworth patterns help you hide in whatever cover oh, you're...
7: absolutely. You know, my my, uh, my favorite one right now, the Huntworth is experts of developing new patterns and promoting new patterns, and their turn in pattern is a great one. That really does break you up and just about any terrain.
1: Well, do you have any exciting hunts planned for this fall?
7: You know, I, I uh, have a 16-year-old son, and right now it's all about getting him deer, and, and I take a backseat until uh, you know he's killed some stuff. And when I was younger, as you know, I've traveled all over and hunted all over. And for these next few years, I'm really just trying to focus on him. I am hunting around home, and as you know, I hunt turkeys with dogs. We've already filled one tag with the dogs. Actually, did for yesterday. I'll be turkey hunting with dogs quite a bit this fall, but as far as big game goes, I'm really focusing on helping my kids kill some critters.
1: Wonderful. Well, Tracy, we're going to let you go, and I appreciate you sharing this information on Huntworth's new heat boost and the way that you hunt deer on the ground. It's an eye-opener for people who have never done it. For those of us who spend a lot of time walking around in the woods, it might come more naturally, but more people ought to give it a try. Thanks for having me. You bet. Tracy Breen, pro staffer with Huntworth Gear. Huntworth Gear, of course, is high-tech camelware at a price you can afford. Available at Blaine's Farm and Fleet stores, including the new store with a grand opening in Grafton, October 20th through 23rd. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
0: Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Well, as you know, because I mentioned it earlier this week, while I was in Branson last week, I had a chance to fish Lake Como twice in one day. And I also heard a presentation on the lake and its fishery by Missouri Department of Conservation Fisheries Management Biologist Shane Bush. And he joins us now to talk about this unusual lake and its pretty amazing trout fishery. Shane, thanks for joining us and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network.
8: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: Tanny Como was formed by a dam on the White River back in 1913, but it didn't become a trout fishery until 1958. Tell us how that happened.
8: Prior to that, it was uh, one of our state's best warm water fisheries, but with the building of Table Rock Dam, which was 22 miles upstream of Powersite Dam, which had formed Tanny Como, uh, that began discharging cold, hypolimnetic water from Table Rock Lake. So the water that comes into Lake Tanny Como comes from about 140 feet deep in Table Rock Lake. As such, it's always cold and provides optimal conditions for trout. So that Then, in 1958, turned Lake Tanicomo into a cold water environment, and the conservation department started stocking trout.
1: Now, that's also the water that's used to generate electricity, right?
8: That's right, yes. Southwest Power Administration uh, markets the hydropower through the dam, so it is a hydroelectric facility. Uh, but it's also built for flood control. You know, the Corps of Engineers put the dam in there to, to help control the flooding on the White River, which had long been a problem. So they built three different dams, Beaver Lake, Bull Shoals Lake, and Table Rock Lake dams, all on the White River to stop some of that flooding from happening. And it's done a good job.
1: Now, you folks stock brown and rainbow trout here every year. Is there any natural reproduction?
8: So we have some natural reproduction of rainbow trout in the lake with uh, being a hydro power facility and flood releases being made it's difficult for the trout to spawn they'll try you know if we get long extended periods of steady flows or not a lot of generations they'll create reds in the upper end of the lake below the dam and try to spawn but then with a hydropower event you know or a flood event why it just can wash those away and so their spawning success is limited now they do spawn to a degree in the tributaries that feed the lake mostly in the winter when that water in those tributaries is cold but yeah we do have some natural reproduction of rainbow trout very little if any reproduction of the brown trout in the lake but the Natural reproduction of the rainbows has increased in recent years, but it still would not be enough to sustain the amount of fishing pressure that the trout fishery there gets. So as a result, the Missouri Department of Conservation stocks about 560,000 rainbow trout a year and then 10 to 15,000 brown trout as well.
1: Now, I saw a fair number of those trout. In fact, at one point when I was wading, I looked down at my feet and there was a pod of maybe a dozen foot-long rainbows right below me that I think they were using my legs as a a water break a, a rock or something you know
8: <laughs> yeah. yeah they like it when you walk around and stir up the invertebrates in the gravel um, that's their primary food source It's just the scuds. We've got freshwater shrimp and sow bugs that are just, you know, really small invertebrates living in that gravel substrate. So when you walk through that, you know, you stir those up and they're pretty tame, you know, they'll hang out around your feet trying to get a meal.
1: <laughs> it, it, tame and yet they were not absolutely uh, a cinch to catch we caught a few on uh, on on nymph imitations and uh, and then the water came up and we got out of there but is it a pretty accessible fishery in terms of um, catchability of these fish
8: it is yeah so they're hatchery reared fish you know they're i i shouldn't say they're tame i mean they're still pretty wild once you get them out in the lake and the longer they live there the more wild they become. We stock them at about 11 inches. And most of the time, those stocked fish are fairly easy to catch. But people sometimes forget, you know, even with stocked hatchery fish, fishing is still fishing. You know, some days they still may not want to bite. For the weather conditions or the water conditions aren't right, you know, even our best guides struggle from time to time. But there's plenty of fish in the lake because of all the ones that we stock. But but they're pretty catchable, and it, it's really a pretty good fishery.
1: Well, it certainly was in my experience. Now, this was probably the hottest September day. I don't know. Southern Missouri, you get hot weather. But it was in the mid-90s on Wednesday, and yet the water was cold and the fish were active. Is this a year-round fishery? It is.
8: So being the water comes from about 140 feet and Table Rock, the temperature doesn't fluctuate very much. So it stays anywhere from... You know, maybe 40 degrees in the winter up to 55 degrees in the summer. So uh, we stay pretty cold year-round, and it does provide conditions year-round for good fishing. And so uh, we stock rainbow and brown trout throughout the year as well. So we stock them every month for anglers to catch, more so in the summer when there's more people out fishing. But it is a year-round fishery, and they can be caught all year long.
1: Is the fishing better in any one season over another?
8: So a lot of people like to fish in the fall, and that is because those rainbow and brown trout will attempt to make spawning runs like we talked about before. You know, they may not have a lot of success doing it, but the bigger fish in the lake tend to move upstream towards Table Rock Dam in the fall. So that's a really popular time to target those bigger fish. That's maybe the best time to catch big fish, but um, you can catch stocked fish throughout the rest of the year. The regulations that we have in place in the upper three miles of the lake with the 12 to 20-inch slot limit on rainbows, that creates for a lot of fish in that 14 to 20-inch range that is essentially catch and release in that zone, Uh, and they stay there all year. We've done electrofishing samples in the summer, the fall, the spring. and You know, it looks kind of the same throughout the year, just the residents' fish up in those areas. Those big fish can be caught all year long. Really, winter is preferred by a lot of people that don't want to fight the crowds in the summer. You know, there's just a lot of tourists in Branson in the summer, and it can get very busy out there. But there's not a lot of people that go out there and fish in the winter, but it can be just as good.
1: Well, we didn't have that much competition in uh, 95-degree heat, but I'd like to come back in cooler weather and try it. Now, you mentioned big fish. The state-record brown trout, 40 pounds, 6 ounces, was caught pretty much right where we were fishing in 2019, and you verified that fish, didn't you?
8: Yes, I verified that one and the two before it. The one that was right before it was 34 pounds, and it was just six months earlier, so Uh, Yes, some tremendous fish grown in that fishery. It has all the ingredients to create big trout. It's deep, cold, unlike other smaller streams in Missouri that are, you know, don't have quite the deep water refuge. Lake Taneycomo 30 to 40 feet deep down the lower end, so those fish get down there, I think, throughout most of the year and then work their way upstream in the fall you know, to make those spawning runs. Um, but it's just got all the ingredients with the food base and uh, the small fish to eat in addition to those invertebrates to grow those really big trout.
1: Are there bigger trout in como? Have you uh, surveyed anything bigger than 40 pounds?
8: So we have not. I've talked to people that have seen fish bigger than that. The 36-pound brown trout that was caught just six months prior To the most previous record uh, that fish was successfully released so uh, we know that it lived because uh, phil Lilly, there at lily's landing saw that fish under his dock at the resort about a month later which had kind of been where it had been hanging out prior to getting caught the first times we know it was still living in the lake and uh you know it's likely it could still be in the lake somewhere as well brown trout have been known to live 10 to 15 years so when we aged that 40 pound fish, it was just 8 years old. That leaves a lot of room for extra growth. I certainly think there's a world record swimming around in the lake and, you know, maybe it'll get caught this year. Who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah. When you made your presentation, you talked about triploid fish. Is that what these big browns are?
8: We got the eggs from a hatchery in Virginia, and these eggs were pressure shocked at the young stage, at the egg stage, and so what that means is it basically made them sterile. When they're sterile, they're not going to put energy into reproduction, and because brown trout don't really reproduce in Lake Tannicomo, it's the perfect place to try this out to see if we could grow some really big browns, and they'd put that energy into growth and not the reproduction. And it worked, you know, like I said, the last two state records that were caught the 36-pound and the 40-pound brown trout were both triploids, and both were eight years old or less. So that's pretty phenomenal growth in that amount of time.
1: It certainly is. It's sort of like a steer in the cattle industry, isn't it?
8: Yeah, yeah and they kind of are, because uh I know the 40-pound fish was seen oftentimes under Fall Creek marinas, trout cleaning station you know a lot of people will catch stock-sized trout off the dock and clean them there at the cleaning station and those big browns just sit there and eat those rainbow trout carcasses yeah they basically are like a big cow (laughs) eating eating all that and growing to huge sizes
1: i'm glad to know that they're swimming around
8: Yes, and we're we're stocking more of those triploids as well. We just started stocking them again last year, and we plan to stock every year uh, for the foreseeable future. So, um, given what we know about their growth rates, you know, in six to eight years there should be quite a few more of those big ones.
1: Well, maybe I'll run into one next time.
8: Yeah, I hope so.
1: Well, Shane, thank you so much for your time and for sharing this information. And uh, folks, if you're interested. In visiting Branson, you can go to explorebranson.com to learn more about the fishing and other opportunities there. There's a lot more to do in Branson than just listen to great music. Shane, thanks so much, and keep up the great work putting those fish in the lake. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. Shane Bush is a fisheries management biologist with the Missouri Department of Conservation. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
4: RGS. Here's a message from our
5: friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and
1: battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews & Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com.
6: Welcome back to your source
0: for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. And joining me now from Ontario, New York, which is actually on the shores of Lake Ontario, a little east of Rochester, is... Eric Dodds, he's the founder and co-owner of Wild Water Fly Fishing. His website is an easy one to remember, wildwaterflyfishing.com. Eric and I met last week at the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Conference in Branson, and I had a chance to try out some of his fly rods, and I was really impressed. Eric, thanks for joining us. Good
2: morning. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Now, your company... Wildwater Fly Fishing offers complete fly fishing kits at a very reasonable price. We'll get into the kits in just a bit, but how and why did you start this company?
2: I've always been obsessed with fly fishing, I, I guess since I was about 10 or 12 years old. I worked as an engineer for a lot of years, but I always wanted to start a business. And I remember the night that I, I sat down and I said, you know, I'm def- I have to start a business now, so what am I going to do? that I love. And the first thing that came to my mind was fly fishing. Guiding is real tough. I know guides, they, they have a tough go of it a lot of times. And the fly shops, they just run their little shops. But the big companies, they do really well selling rods and reels. So I thought, well, I'll do that and see how it goes. And that was in 2006. And you know, now in 2022, uh, 16, almost 17 years later, um, I'm still doing it.
1: And apparently surviving or making a living or maybe better than that.
2: <laughs> yeah, doing pretty well, making a living. You know, I'm a degree mechanical engineer, and for, you know, a lot of years, I worked in the automotive industry, mostly doing automation, you know, buying new, um, you know, setting up new factories and new products, you know, making things like air conditioning units and engine timing systems and fuel injectors. And uh, it was only, like, a couple years ago, it, almost two years ago to the day, uh, I was able to quit the job because I had grown wild water in my spare time enough where it could be my main source of
1: income. Fantastic. Well, you designed the rods, right? You you have a design background. You're an engineer. So you were able to design these rods that you're selling.
2: Yeah. Usually I, I'll take uh, an existing design and, you know, I'll get a – of it, and I'll say, Well, this is a little bit too stiff or a little bit too too soft. And we'll get the right down to the very pattern that they used to cut the pre preg and the mandrels that they used to wrap the pre preg around to make a blank. And we'll tweak it a little bit and we'll change materials and change, you know, how it's wrapped and all that. And we'll refine a rod, and those little changes make something that's uh, a very, you know, unique to wild water design.
1: And as I mentioned, I was impressed with the rods, and I'm maybe even more impressed with your prices. Eric offers some 40 kits, and we're talking complete fly rod kits from rod, reel, line, and so on, and we'll get into that, in virtually every size of rod imaginable, and the prices range from around $100 to under $200. For a complete kit, you can't buy a quality fly rod for, you know, a couple hundred dollars. Well, a few you can, but they're hard to find. And yet your rods, I fished with your rod for several hours, your 7-8 weight, caught a nice rainbow trout. It was yep. j- as good as any rod I've used or that I own, and I've spent a lot more money on rods. How do you keep your prices so reasonable?
2: You know, just my wife and I right now run the company. So, we you know, we don't have lot, loads of employees. And right from the very beginning, back in 2006, I decided that um, I was going to be a direct-to-consumer company, right? I wasn't going to go and hire uh, a manufacturer's rep or try to sell to a wholesale dealer or anything like that. Just straight to the people, straight from me. And because I don't have a brick-and-mortar store and I don't have all that staff and all those selling costs, I don't have to include those selling costs in the price of my product. You know, maybe... You know, a lot of people maybe don't realize how much it costs to have all those people selling stuff and how much it drives up prices of their fishing tackle.
1: I'm sure you're right. So you save all of those middleman costs and yep. can pass the savings, essentially, onto the customer.
2: Yep, that's right.
1: Now, you source much or all of your material overseas, correct?
2: Yeah, that's where all of it's made now, but yep, we, we certainly do that.
1: Do you have any supply chain issues with everything that's going on in the world?
2: Oh sure we we've had plenty of them, but uh, we were lucky in, in that you know when when the supply chain issues hit, we had a lot of orders in already and we had a lot of stuff at our warehouse already so ordering way in advance helped us out a lot and you know we made it through without really any stockouts or shortages.
1: Well that's good. Now who are your target customers?
2: There's two major categories. The first is clearly like the beginner, right? We set everything up for beginners. The strategy of putting everything in a kit and having everything, like even the line, is wound on, right, in the right way. You have the right kind of knot to tie it to the arbor. You have an Albright knot to tie it from backing the line and then a nail knot to tie it from the line to the leader. So it's beginners, uh, makes it real easy for them. Our whole website's built around finding you the right kit for. The place you're going to be fishing and the species that you want to catch, and the other half of our base is people like you uh, that do a lot of fishing. That maybe you're going to go for your first trip to Florida and you want to try to catch a, a bonefish or something, but you don't want to spend eight hundred dollars on a rod and reel. <laughs> you know, you can come to my place and for one hundred seventy dollars, you could have your pick of forty different kits to you know to go fishing somewhere. So those are our two major customers.
1: And what kind of response have you had from customers?
2: Most people like it. I mean, of course, you always have somebody who, you know, is new and breaks a rod and they don't realize that fly rods are super fragile, but we get some complaints, but we always take care of those people. You know, anybody who reaches out to us and tells us that they just broke their tip five minutes after opening it, we kind of know what happened. We send them a new one to make them happy so they're not discouraged about getting into the sport. But otherwise, people are like you. They're like, what is this company? Where did you come from? And how can you do it? And this is great. I can get whatever I want for under two hundred dollars. It's really like been a really great response.
1: I'm not surprised because as I said, it's yeah. a quality rod and it's a complete kit. So walk us through the kit. Let's take a typical five six or seven eight weight rod and what do you get for your hundred and so hundred and change?
2: Yeah, all of our rods. are, are, I mean, they're graphite rods, unless we do have some specialty fiberglass rods for the people who like that stuff, but you'll get like a graphite rod, about the same physical weight as a typical rod that would cost, you know, a couple hundred dollars. We have cork grips and metal reel seats on every rod, no plastic stuff, no foam handles. We have single foot guides. We have stripper guides with the silicon carbide uh, rings in them. It's a good rod, and then every reel that we have is is a metal reel. It's no plastic reels, and every reel that we have has a drag on it, an adjustable drag. Every reel can be changed from right to left-hand retrieved. Every reel has backing line and leader installed on it already. You get a a case, and you get a cloth rod bag. It's not like a super high-quality cloth, but it's really a great way to protect your rod. Then you have... On top of the rod and really have a fly box. It's a nice fly box, and inside are flies. We pick flies that are good for just a general fly for North America, whatever you're fishing for. So, you know, a couple dry flies, a couple nymphs, you know, sort of general patterns like an Adams or a gold-ribbed hares ear or a black ant, something like that. It's just a pattern that's going to work pretty much anywhere in the United States. Throw in a spare leader because, you know, the first thing to go is going to be your leader you get a a little uh, nipper because you're going to have to tie knots and cut the line with a nail knot tool on it because you're going to have to tie a new leader on and a little a little dinger so you can clip your your nipper to your vest while you're fishing have it handy there's also a little some form of a card or a booklet to help new people get answers to their questions and get customer support we offer levels of packages so we start with this a standard one that just has a leader and a, and a nipper And then we go to a deluxe, which has double the flies. We go from, you know, nine flies to 18 flies. So you have a lot of extra. And then uh, an extra leader in the deluxe kit, a spool of tippet in the deluxe kit, and a pair of
1: forceps. Fantastic. You also sell flies individually and as a selection of flies. You have a lot available on your website. Yes,
2: we do. Yep, plus leaders and fly lines and backing and pretty much everything you need to stay stocked up without spending – a ton of money
1: well eric thanks so much for joining us and i really enjoyed using your rod and fishing with you and i hope to be able to get on the water again with you sometime
2: yeah yeah and hopefully uh you're not the only one who catches anything this time you, you really killed him on last lunch <laughs> you did really well
1: well i caught a few rainbows and then the water came up and that was that <laughs> we had to get off the yep. lake well thanks a lot you have a great fall and we will be in touch Thank you. Eric Dodds, he owns Wild Water Fly Fishing and you can find his website very easily, wildwaterflyfishing.com. Check it out for a great selection of fly rods, uh, complete kits, and really everything you need to get started in fly fishing. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or CargoMax, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow Trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Get outside and let us be your
4: guide florence county wisconsin are you looking for a safe northwoods destination for outdoor recreation florence county has over 200,000 acres of
1: uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded atv trails many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle seven wild river waterfalls to hike to horse trails with campgrounds and friendly bars and restaurants go to the exploreflorencecounty.com lodging dining and recreation tabs to plan your trip
5: Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle Li from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, Echomap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery, all packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today.
1: Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com
4: join RGS. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
1: Welcome back to Outdoors Radio and thanks for staying with us for the hour. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. Winterizing supplies are now in stock, or you can store your boat indoors or outdoors right there at Cedar Lake Sales. And their new service center is now open. It's located on Washington Street, just east of the main store and behind the Shell Station. Check out their website and Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camelware at a price you can afford, and warmth without the bulk. Huntworthgear.com If you missed our TV show, or if it's not airing in your area now, you can watch past episodes of Outdoor Wisconsin online at milwaukeepbs.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin 2021, last year's deer show, and a few more before that one, are archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. And if you missed any dates or websites or phone numbers, you can always listen online to this show at lake-link.com slash radio You can subscribe to our podcast there as well. You can find Jeff on social media at HardwaterJeff and find me at DansmallOutdoors. Several hunting dogs have been injured by wolves so far this year. The most recent one that we've heard about was in Jackson County, a small Munsterlander pointer. We hope that dog's okay. So if you're hunting with dogs, whether you're a bird hunter or a rabbit hunter or maybe you're chasing coyotes... Boy, pay attention and watch out for wolves if you're hunting in wolf country. Here are some upcoming events for the calendar. Becoming an Outdoors Woman has a bow multi-course weekend at Treehaven Environmental Station in Tomahawk, October 7th through the 9th. The next week, there's a Learn to Hunt Pheasant program at Lone Oak Shooting Preserve in Montello, and November 4th through 6th, a Learn to Hunt Deer back at Treehaven Field Station in Tomahawk. You can find details and register online. Just do a search for Becoming an Outdoors Woman, Wisconsin. I'll be speaking at the historic West Bend Theater in West Bend on Tuesday evening, October 18th. I'll be talking about 50 years of fun and adventures in Wisconsin's great outdoors. For advanced tickets, visit rootsbranches.org or check my Facebook page, Dan Small Outdoors. And I'll be appearing at the grand opening of the new Blaine's Farm and Fleet store in Grafton, October 20th through the 23rd. Again, details on my Facebook page. Here's a news item that may have flown under your radar. Payment processor Visa is joining MasterCard and American Express to categorize purchases at firearm stores separately. They're going to apply the International Organization for Standardization's new merchant code to gun shop sales. This new code was recently announced. Previously, gun store sales were labeled as general merchandise. This move by Visa signals a major victory for gun control advocates who argue that a separate category for gun store sales will help track suspicious quantities of firearm sales that could potentially lead to a mass shooting. But... More sensible gun rights advocates and gun lobbyists have said categorizing gun shop sales would be unfair to the industry, given that most firearm sales do not result in mass shootings. Most of us just buy guns to go hunting. Merchant category codes are not exclusive to gun store sales, of course. These codes now exist for nearly every type of purchase, whether it's supermarkets, clothing stores, coffee shops, or other retailers. Gun control advocates claim that the merchant code for standalone gun and ammunition retailers could curb gun violence, but gun rights advocates contest that tracking gun store sales would target legal gun purchases because merchant codes only label the type of merchant where the credit or debit card is used, not the specific items. The purchase of a gun safe, for example, could be seen as a large purchase at a gun shop, but a gun safe is a product that's really part of responsible gun ownership. We'll keep tabs on this issue as it develops and keep you posted. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of Warren's tunes at warrennelson.com. You can also purchase his CD, Anglin, Wayne, and the Trollers, which features our two theme songs, You Get a Line and Trolling Home to You. And Warren and Friends will be performing at Brad Bowen's 6th Annual Muskie Ball in Tony, Wisconsin, on November 5th. We'll try to get Brad on the show before that event to learn more, but save the date for some great Northwoods fun and music. I might even go this year. And next weekend, I'll be up in Hayward, Wisconsin, for the Treelands Musky Fly Fishing Championship. We'll let you know how we did after that event. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will be back next week with a full report on the World Walleye Championship. Meanwhile, get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio.
2: On the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go
8: dry the coffee can, honey, I'll be true.